Welcome to the Jesus McDonald Experience. Get ready to enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. It's Jesus McDonald here. I have a special guest today, Alex Lopez, who is the owner of Concept Art Factory, which is a visual design and branding company in Mountain View, California. Alex, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Nice. So I handpicked some questions that some of our listeners wanted to hear and get your advice on. One question is, what helped you to become an entrepreneur? And why did you become an entrepreneur? Well, I really didn't have a choice. Uh, my, my, wife was, <laughs> my wife was at home with the kid for the first five years when they were born. So you know, I, have, I have identical triplets. So I think she was going kind of stir crazy. And she goes, I want to go back to work. Triplet. And she had a great, yes. Wow. Yes, we we're, were trying to make a little Filipino tribe. So we were trying <laughs> And uh, well, she's Palauan, so it's half Filipino Palauan. So I guess it was about time my wife was like, hey, I got a great opportunity. I'm going to go back to doing project management. She ended up working for Apple. And then I go, what am I going to do? I guess I guess I get to have to work for myself. And but it was a great opportunity because one of the things we have with one of the things, key things that a priority in our home is not our careers, but our families first. So it gave me an opportunity to spend time with my kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, so going crazy would turn back to me and then she can enjoy going to work. So she took care of the hard first few years. So that was tough enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with triplets and being in the at home and gosh, that's a lot just to imagine juggling family. Yeah, it, it is. We've had a record one time. We had 27 diapers in one day. Wow. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> 27 <laughs> diapers. <laughs> you can see why my you wife know. was like, oh my. Yeah, you can totally see it. You can see like my wife was like, hey. She goes, you're on vacation when you go to work. So when I complain about work with her and she tells me her day, I go, hmm. I know who the real man in the house is. But 27 diapers. <laughs> I was there that you, day. You must shop at Costco. I mean, it you will. have to. Do oh, you yeah. shop at Costco right now? Yeah, we, should, we, we do. <laughs> now they're like, now they're 13 and they, they just eat more. They just eat more now and poop less. They don't need diapers anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, how long have you been doing design services? Um, well, so I, I started my career early in the video game industry. I was going to be a comic book artist. And then um, fortunately, I got to learn how to design video games. And I was introduced not just to illustration. Mm -hmm. I never even touched a computer back then. This was in 96. This is probably going to reveal how old I am. Wow. And um, yeah, I started off in video games. I was doing it. It's been 25 years now, working a few years off and on. Um, whenever I didn't have work, I would, um, I would work for myself as a freelancer. But now I'm more the quote unquote word entrepreneur trying to have my own business. So it's been, I have 25 years of experience in this industry. Nice. Nice. And you've mm -hmm. worked with a handful of companies, right? Mm-hmm. You want to touch a little bit on that, on the type of companies you work for and maybe the projects you've worked on before? Sure. It's Yeah. It's, yeah. I worked on, um, I worked on magic, the gathering, the video game. That was my first um, job. 
that was kind of mind blowing. I didn't know what Magic the Gathering was either. So how this how cool as I was. And then um, I helped launch NFL 2K, NBA 2K. I worked for Konami, Walt Disney, wow. um, various other smaller game companies. Yeah. Yeah, it, it looks awesome. I mean, it's awesome to just like, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, you'll look at it and go, wow, that guy had a great career. But there were specific ups and downs in the career a lot of people in this industry don't talk about, which is very important for people to know. Sure, sure. Um, because it's easy to really share about your victories, but they don't see you as a real person until you share the challenges you've gone through, even currently as an entrepreneur, you know? Right. So, no, that's very, very good. And that's a great point that you make as well, too. Um, so, in regards to visual design services, so why visual design services? Why not something else? Like graphic design, for example. Um, well, well, I think graphic design puts me in a pigeonhole focusing on logos, signage, and visual design is actually fits toward more what I do uh, because I design things visually. But to expand on that, I won't even, even consider myself a, a visual designer, graphic designer, illustrator, or digital artist. I really consider myself more of a visual storyteller. Mm. And that's that? really the key. Um, People don't realize that when it comes to design, before um, people can see, you know, the, the famous saying, you know, one picture says a thousand words. Right, that's right. that's what a, a, a good designer is. A good designer is anyone can design something beautiful, but can they design it in a logo, in a in a in a web page, uh, in a ad, in a video game? Can can that picture identify a story within that? within that moment and period of time. See, that's the reason, that's, that's, that's why I would consider myself more of a visual designer because even a simple logo should be able to tell a story that the audience can identify with and it gives a piece of the person's own identity, either their company and their brand. That's the reason why I, you know, um, I would consider myself a visual designer. And plus, honestly, I had, I was not a good reader, I had dyslexia. So I read comics most of my life, and at 20 years old, I had like third grade reading level. Wow! And I got by, you know. I mean, I did draw a lot, but I think that's what helped me too, because I would—I'm a visual learner. So what I, the way I learn in that way, I'm able to um, convey that in my artwork. Mm. And now, you know, I, I think I've caught up to fourth grade now reading. Now I'm actually a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> One grade up. One grade yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's really important to see that there is a specific road people go through. And that's why I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, because, you know, it's not a normal thing, mostly for my family, um, my culture, you know, being an artist for a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it shows how rebellious I was. Didn't do my schoolwork and didn't listen to my parents. Don't do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, but gotta, yeah, but but that's a part of that's a part of a journey. I'm I'm still going through the journey now, even you know being in this industry for so long. All right. So. No, that's great. And then another thing I wanted to ask you is how do you keep up with your industry? Because with software. There's a lot of software out there for design mm -hmm. services. There's a lot of technology out there, right? And mm -hmm. it feels like it's always changing 
every day, every hour, some would even say every minute, right? So how do you stay up with your industry? Mm, I just shut down and go to sleep. I'm just kidding. I just, uh, I actually, <laughs> it is overwhelming. I mean, I've been in this industry for 20 years. Yeah. And I learned something very key. You need to focus more or less on the, less on the technology and more so on filling up the best tool that it's a God-given gift is your brain mm. and your knowledge. Because people wonder why I'm able to do what I do because I'm always going to change. You know, I used to use, you know, I used Wake. I used to use uh, Unix computers when I first got in the industry using, um, before it became Maya, it became, it was uh, Alias Wavefront. And then I used Photoshop and then Illustrator. And now I'm using an iPad Pro for all my professional work. Hmm. And so what ends up happening is if you get too caught up on what the latest technology is and not building up your own skill that's in here, right? that's going to make you fall behind because that's, that's very key. And understanding the trends of people. I think a lot of designers don't spend enough time learning about culture and people. I'm not saying race because, because one of the things too is it's, it's understanding the current culture of people and that people are more identified design based on a universal platform. My, the universal platform I use when I do visual storytelling mm -hmm. are the emotional and experiences that people go through that's universal. People feel happy, people feel sad, people feel angry. So emotional intelligence is another thing that's very key to be a good designer because a good designer knows how to communicate with their clients. The more you know about your client, the better designer you are. Now, would this be right to say, if you're more in touch with your emotions, you would be a better designer? Well, I'm a dad. I don't really not in touch with my emotions. <laughs> my you know, actually, I think one thing is you be, one thing that really hindered me as a designer was not to be, first of all, honest with myself. Because mm. I felt like I needed to do all these other things. Until you identify your own character, right. who you are, you're confident of who you are. And it's, it's a work in progress. I'm like almost 50 years old. I'm still working on that. But I think the continual desire to learn about other people is very key. And another part too, I tell a lot of guys, I mentor a lot of designers. Even when I worked at Konami, I actually did a, a training program with the designers. And I said, Alex, you're gonna, we're going to do a training program. I said, no, the training program I'm going to teach you is how to expand the current work you have with the style that you have, but at the same time, not focusing on my style of artwork but growing in your own style and being able to build off of other styles. I've had times when I've worked on four different video games at once and did illustrations for That's all four insane. video games. That's insane. Yeah. Doing illustrations for all four video games. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I would do the marketing and then, and then, and then, and then another part too is um, to keep, to keep up to date in the industry. When I was doing that training program uh, in the game company, I had an eight week program I set up, but the problem was, I wasn't good at uh, designing environments. Hmm. One part that a lot of people don't have in this industry, a lot of people I, I struggle with in the industry is insecurity and want to be better than someone else. And it keeps you from learning from other people. So I chose my junior artists who were environmental artists to teach that class that week. I, I sat there just like everyone else, a student, hmm. and took notes. And to this day, when people look at my environmental artwork, I give them the credit for it. Wow. 
my the times I, I did horrible in my industry was I focused on me. When you focus on you and no one else and not care about your other clients, it is going to be very difficult to understand what to design for them. So it's like, being a it's like being a parent. Yeah. It's I, like being a parent. Yeah, you can't focus on you. Yeah, I was upset with father dad and barbecue my own food. <laughs> yeah, no one else can like cook a steak or, or, or a lobster. And I was like, I love you guys, but I don't want you to ruin this meat. <laughs> yeah, you know, but at the same time, oh, don't be bitter, Alex. Don't be bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, right? I, you have to let them do their thing. So my daughter's all cooked right. now. Yeah. So that's the part of that's that's another part where I think that's the reason why I branched into um, consulting other companies and how to lead their design teams. Because awesome. because that's leadership isn't about how much you know. Because there's a ton of guys that know a lot of stuff way more than I do. Mm -hmm. But the problem is they don't, they focus so much on themselves that they don't give an opportunity for others to grow. There's people I've helped raise up that actually they're my, they'd be my boss now. Wow. So I'm, let me, ask you, let me ask you this, Alex. Yeah. So what motivated you at that point in time to choose to be humble and selfless? Because that's a good turning point. But you also have to be aware and, and identify that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what um, to, to identify and also be motivated to be humble and selfless? Um, well, I think I've grown up pretty insecure all my life. That's the reason why I always wanted to be the best at sports, the best artist. But I started to realize I started getting really lonely. And then, so I separated my social point of view is I like getting along with people and building up friendships. Right. I was never able to translate that at work. So I had to identify like what you had mentioned, my own character, right? I had to identify what were my own insecurities. And my issue was I spent more time being competitive and I became more stressed at work, overworking, burning myself out. And then, and it also what it did to it hindered the growth of my artwork hmm. because I was willing to do that. Yeah, so in a way, in my own selfish reasons, you know what, I need to let go. And I think it did help when I, when I became a father, too. And right. I think that was huge. And I try to teach these guys, I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people in the industry, they don't have to be married, have a partner or kids to learn this. But I think just identifying that a lot of managers don't teach us either, that identifying that they don't teach their employees how to build the relationships in a way because the way a manager thinks the way I, if I, first of all, I was already a selfish employee and I got raised up when I first became a manager, I would have not even managed myself. I tell people that wow. because all of those was about the project, not the people. Hmm. And the reason why I started to understand that because a lot of people in the industry, when we talk, you and I've been in the industry for a long time, right? We right. talk about our memories and what we've gone through. We talk about the ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. You're right. But don't we talk about like more than the project with the people we work with? It's all about the relationships. Yeah. And that's the part where I try to tell, I did this talk over this uh, for uh, university students in, for Sweden uh, mm -hmm. in San Francisco, and they're all going to be art directors coming out of college. Okay. I was struggling with envy because it took me years to become an art director. <laughs> <laughs> but I told them, I said, don't make, don't make your projects about the project. You make it about the people. Because they're the ones creating these projects. That's awesome. That's awesome that you can tell them that. 
and share yeah. their personal experience? Oh yeah, these they, they, these they, I told them the stories when I got laid off. I said, we've never had anyone tell that. I said, yeah, I had to do construction for a while. I'm like, what am I doing? These little puffy little little oil of Olay hands like lifting construction because I was laid off of work. I couldn't get work anymore. I was like, what? <laughs> That's a, that's a culture shock right there for you. <laughs> yeah, and I think I kind of scared them to want to become art directors. You'll be starving artists. No, I'm just kidding. They, they're going to do great. <laughs> but I think and then that's another part, too, is wanting greatness for other people beyond yourself, seeing other people grow. And you know what I learned that from is uh, I, I actually use some of my martial arts training when I teach other artists. Because hmm. in martial arts, a true martial artist will always consider wanting someone to be better than another person. Because that's how, why, that's why martial arts continues to grow that way. It could be boxing, MMA, thumb wrestling. I don't know what you do. You know, whatever your skill set is. I think if designers thought that way, it'd be such more relaxing. And actually, and even with you, and our relationship is awesome. Because my entrepreneurship didn't get this successful until I met you. And I was like, I'm not going to learn from someone's 10, what? 15 years or younger than me, what? And little I know. I had to learn from you. And I learned that from my career. You can learn from anybody. Mm. The greatest leader is always going to be the greatest learner. I, I know when I'll but this is this is this is something I'm very passionate about. No, I love that. Because that was my next question is why are you so passionate about visual design and branding? Um I think I love people. And I think it's because some I think just growing up, I, I felt like I was the youngest in my family. I was spoiled, but not heard. Mm. And I think that's the, I think it, it, for me, it's really important that people's stories are heard. So visual design, that's the reason why I call myself a visual storyteller more so than a visual designer, mm -hmm. because each client, each person has a story to tell. Right. And your role as a designer, as a visual designer, or what I call myself a visual storyteller, your role is to put them in their story so they can share with other people to inspire other people. There are specific questions I asked that that's the reason why I, I moved on to branding because I'm already doing that. These are the questions I asked. They were like, I said, when we have our conversations, you're going you're gonna to know more about your business with the questions I send you than you know yourself. Totally. Yeah. And that's the reason that's, that's what we talked about being Another key thing is being self-aware to build your confidence and being honest with yourself. Yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of, YouTube videos on self-awareness. Yeah. Um, just to touch on it a little bit, why is self-awareness important in the design industry? One, there's, there's, there's a couple points I have with that. Self-awareness is key, like I already shared with you, because you can, right. empathy and compassion are very key in relatability in working with clients. Because design and visual, anything that's visual is emotional. It's not just getting information. That's the reason why people love to watch YouTube videos. They love to watch movies more than reading. And when they read a book, you can do it with words. Right. I just do it with pictures. So that's the reason why, that's another reason why it's attaining emotional intelligence yourself. I think when I was more honest with myself with who I was and knowing my limits, which is gonna bring to my other point, that's going to help you understand people more. And this is another part too. The reason why self-awareness is very key, I overworked myself and did things I should have not done in the industry 
which I wasn't good at because I felt like I needed to do it. So I, I had no boundaries instead of focusing on the things I'm really good at and having a niche. Which awesome. So well, basically what you're saying is having the right priorities, mm -hmm. the right focus, and just being really darn good at that. Yeah, it's funny because you did that with me too. Um, when you when, when um, you and I were talking about you, Jerem, building my website, mm -hmm. you got to let other people do that with you. Mm. And that's I think that's the reason why we get along, because our thinking fits that way. Mm -hmm. And you got to surround yourself. You're not the only one that's that that's going to help you build your career. You're you people I've worked with in the industry play a role in giving me this knowledge. Right. And that's why people wonder is Alice, how can you um, remember things uh, and design things without any reference sometimes is because that takes years of experience. Right. And then you always continue to want to learn. So that's very, that's one of the key things, if, you know, no, that's, that's really excellent feedback because now as I'm thinking about it, as you're talking, the most successful people that I know, they do have a humble heart. They have yeah. a heart of a student that's willing to learn from other people, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that humble heart, you don't really see your need for people. You don't really see your need for influence. Like you just become a know-it-all, right? And what ends up happening is you create distance, right? Yeah. It's hard to be successful when you're doing everything alone. That's so, true. You made a really good point there. That's really good feedback. You know what, honestly, can you make sure that my wife sees this video because you said that I was humble? She doesn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you will drive for half an hour to an hour and not ask for directions. <laughs> oh, you know, I, you know, let me share a story with you about how I became a good art director. I was already failing as an art lead. I was screwing up. This is when I was working at Disney. They had me to be an art director, right? And one of my friends, this is always good to have a Yoda in your life. Okay, I have one of my friends, he's worked in the industry forever. He's always been like, he was like, a, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi Yoda for me, right? I love Star Wars. So he, he, he always gives me advice, because, hey, Alex, you know what? Dude, I want, I'd love for you, he owns his own video game company. I'd love for your wife to work for me. I said, what? She doesn't even know anything about video games. That woman just builds buildings and stuff. You know, that's the kind of project manager, she's just a construction person. Goes, no. Your wife is an awesome project manager. And then guess what? I was asking all of my friends and how to be a good manager, project mm -hmm. manager. I asked them. And, there, and, and my Yoda friend, Joseph, Joseph Walters, this guy's a beast. He knows this video game industry. He saved my career and my marriage. He goes, that's funny. He goes, out of all the people you're asking to learn how to be a manager, aren't you married to one of the best ones I wanted to hire? I went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we were three months behind schedule on our project. There was havoc before I came into that team. It was, it was a nightmare. You know what I did? I ran everything by my wife. Is this the right kind of email? I just humbled out. Why? And we, it was just, yeah, I know. See, and you're learning this way more. Than, you've been married so a shorter time than me, and you're like already beating me a million years ahead. So. <laughs> 
wouldn't have happened. I'm just, Alex, I'm just learning from your mistakes. I mean, that's the best way of learning, right? (laughs) So, So what happened was, guess what? That project that was two and a half to three months behind schedule, that fr- I actually hit the deadline Friday at five, 4.59, 5 p.m. I sent the last piece of work. Jeez. I am going to savor this video and show my wife, you are appreciated. You're on a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, my wife, open window of opportunity right there. <laughs> part, you know, that's another part that brings up another great point of managing people. What is you, need to know the, you need to know the people you work with. Before I got on that team, we were already behind schedule. I spent a week and a half with 16 artists. Mm. And each one of them, I gave them an hour and a half each to show everything about them. Wow. I was going crazy. And you can feel the pressure of art director. Oh, he's going crazy. <laughs> when are you going to start the project? I said, I need to know where everyone needs to go. That is where I raised up people. That's when I started to learn to raise up other people. Right. Because, and I found out who needed to go in what spots. And, and this was you being in the management position at Disney? Yeah, as, a, uh, as an art director. Nice. So one question, guy, yeah, go ahead. One question that came to my mind since you know, you're an art director at Disney, uh, great company too. And I'm sure you got amazing experience from there. But how do you, how do you hire great talent? Because it's hard to find really good talent. So how do you find great talent or how do you go about it? So you're looking at a guy who actually, that was an issue for me. There was a time when I couldn't get any work in the industry. Hmm. I was, I was a competent illustrator. Most of the companies I went, I was always one of the top two or three illustrators on the team, but I couldn't get work because they were looking at what school I went to and where I went. So what I did was I found out, I found out what my team needed. They said, we need another strong concept artist, right? So you know what I did? I just looked through people's portfolios online. Mm. I went to art station because you know what, for you to be a good manager, you need to find good talent, right? And the way you find good talent is you look at their work, right? Instead of hiring this person on board, I said, hey, let's do this. I talked to the senior, the, uh, senior producer and I said, hey, let's do this. Let's put her on a contract basis and see how she does. And then she can work online. Mm-hmm. She proved herself and got hired. We brought her in. She came into the Bay Area. Okay. I was struggling. She's like 10 years younger than me. I was like making sure because I'm so, I still have my competitive edge. I just said, I got to make sure I'm at least a little bit better than her. <laughs> she's a far better painter than me though. So I was like, I, when I looked at her work, I, and you know, you got to hire people better than you. She's actually a way better painter than me. Her composition was mind blowing. I said, she's going to be the, one of the best artists on this whole division. Mm. And I got to hire her. And she said, no one's ever given me this chance before. And another part too, don't always look at the talent the person currently has. So another person, right? And don't make your judgments based off of someone else recommending you that person. You got to base it off your talent. You can't be objective. You got to be very objective and go, okay, I got to focus on just their talent. So there's one girl, uh, she was awesome, right? She, I was looking at her portfolio. I said, I'll interview you, but so far you haven't shown me much of your work that I would really hire you at this point. 
I mean, she it was an opposite. She went to great college and everything, right? But this is what blew my mind away. She did something unexpected. When I told her, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll consider what you want. She listened to our interview and sent extra artwork for me to look at Monday morning. Wow, that's ambitious. And I just looked at her. I said, she has potential. I hired her on. The two of my hires, she was another one of my hires. Both of these girls were awesome. She was the workhorse of the team. That's awesome. And then what ended up happening was you have to find potential on the people you hire, not right. where they're currently at. And then, and then I said, I told him, I said, hey, John, I don't know if I'm going to hire her. And then she sent this work. I said, bring her in for an interview. She's hungry. Oh, yeah. I, I'd rather take someone that's hungry and willing to learn than someone who has natural talent. That's another thing I shared with people. That's a big perspective right there. Yeah. And that's another thing I shared because I have natural talent as an artist, but you know what? My challenge is I can get very lazy. Mm. And that's why I stopped drawing for years when I was growing up. I, because I, was, I didn't identify myself. And when I was in high school, I ended up playing football, running track. But I'm like, realistically, though, I mean, I was decent in those sports, but realistically, if I was honest with myself, I'd have been in the science fiction club and in the art club. But it wasn't cool at that time. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I tell people, be honest with yourself. Really? There was times I would, like, make tackles in football games. I, like, led the team in tackles, 17 tackles in one game in 10 assists. It was a school record, right? Mm-hmm. It was in the middle of it. I was like this. Why am I even playing this game? I'd rather draw. <laughs> I mean, I love football. Dude, I was totally right. I was a Niner fan. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, yeah, so that's the reason why. I think that's the reason why we talk about the main point about self-aware makes you client-aware. I like that. I'm going to take yeah. that. I like that. So last question, and mm-hmm. I wish we can talk more. I mean, we can talk all day, honestly, when it comes to – well, you're gonna design interview you too. Yeah, let's do it. I'm totally open to it. Um, and is this question specifically, you know, for our listeners? Is do you have any advice for someone that wants to start a visual design company? What's my advice? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish I did this. Um, one thing is the biggest hindrance out of anything else. This is what is a a daily challenge for me is overcoming fear. Mm. The reason why I didn't want to be an entrepreneur, which I should have done years ago and, um, was fear because the fear of, am I going to fail instead of going, Hey, I'm just going to do it for the sake of it, you know? I'm going to go, okay. And you know what? Failure isn't failed because I think of all the times I've failed in the industry, it just made me a better designer. So I think rather than being afraid, rather than doing nothing, you'd rather fail and do something rather than live your life at the end of your life going regretted that I should have done that. That's just my big thing for me. I mean, that's my daily weakness. I'm like Chicken Little. I like Chicken Little. That's dude, the, the the 3D cartoon was the 3D movie was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so to be more specific, and I want to go dive deeper into the emotions, right? Yeah. Since emotions are everything. Is what specific fears would you have? 
And the reason I ask that because there's a lot of people that can relate to that, right? But maybe they're having a hard time identifying what fears they're having. So my fears were, one is I was afraid of failing. What if this doesn't work out? Let me just take the safe route rather than doing, and I'm doing a job which I just did not enjoy. And, and it just made me more depressed. It made me more sad. I think that's one of the part where, and another part too, the fear of wanting to learn and not look stupid. You know, yeah. that's because I'm like, oh, I should know this. Or the fear of not letting other people help you and learn from others. Were you scared of like looking stupid or being criticized or if you have oh, yeah. help? Definitely, because I, I think growing up, I, I had a very low self-esteem. It was, it's a parenting thing. That's the reason why I talk to people differently now. Hmm. I'm not saying that my, my dad did the best job that he possible. I just turned him in right now. So I'm like, wow. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> but the thing is, I mean, we all do that, right? We're very critical of our kids. But the problem was, I think one of the things is um, we determine so much of our past of how people have treated us we start to label people before we even get to ask them. And then when I get rejected, I easily quit. I go, oh, I'm not going to ask that next person because they're going to reject me. Right. And then, so that's another thing too, being self-aware. I, I, I actually going through this process of what, what my fears were. I was, a, I, I really was a really honest about the, the, until you find out what your real fears are, you don't know what fears to overcome. Right. Self-aware is very key. I had a very fear of being rejected a fear of not being accepted and then looking back. This right. is really good. And I am just the topic of self-awareness and fears within that topic. Mm -hmm. I mean, this makes me just want to do a part two and just talk about, let's just talk about self-awareness and let's talk about fears and the different kinds of fears. Right. Yeah. Well, that just makes me want to just do a part two with you. <laughs> And we should continue the conversation. Yeah, I think this is a, this is one thing that I think we should talk about because I think we talk about it in our relationship when it comes to even business. Right. I think that's what made you effective, and even when you and I hear you talk to clients because I think you're pretty self-aware at a younger age than I am. And I think that's this is a good topic. And I think a, a lot of emotional intelligence we don't teach people, mostly with engineers. I'm not an engineer, I'm a designer. I'm like mega emotional, but you know, we're so caught up looking at the screen, right? Um, we don't take the time to interact with people. And we, I think we should do another talk. I think I want to do a talk with you about em emotional awareness and identifying like that. that in the industry. I like that. And how you communicate with customers and your coworkers. Totally. What do you think of that? We have, we should, that'd be one of the subjects we talk about too. Yeah, it is because every <laughs> business owner or entrepreneur feels that stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to just stuff it and just keep going, 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 move forward, move forward, grind, 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 grind. So this is awesome. <laughs> I think it's this is really, really awesome. Let's do a part two on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's a pleasure mm -hmm. talking with you, Alex, and visual design, storytelling is exactly the industry that's it's been trending for a while 
I mean, now if you think about it, you know, social media ads or anything on a website, mm -hmm. everything's visual. Like everybody wants to see videos, 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 images, images. So mm -hmm. you're in the right industry. Really? You're in the right industry. Visual design. Absolutely. That's, no. that's pretty much what we're all want to see, right? You go to yeah. Instagram, you go to LinkedIn, images for posts. Right. Yeah, and they're all stories. That's why I call it visual storytelling. I don't even call it visual design. You're absolutely right. It's exactly right, because everyone wants to see a story. Right. That's the reason why I like the original Star Wars above the sequels. That's another subject we'll talk about. Not now. I'm just bitter about that. But I love our conversation. <laughs> For sure. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Alex. And those that are listening, visit Alex Lopez Instagram page. He has a ton of artwork there. That's just beautiful and also you can visit him on linkedin thank you alex and you have a great day all right hey thanks asus that was awesome bye, -bye. all right that's the end of our episode please leave a review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. it would mean the whole world to me and lastly make it a great day